Hello everyone, welcome to the fifth episode of the 13th Year Podcast presented by Abode Media. You can find us at abodemedia.org or on Twitter uh, and the handle for the account is the same as the website URL and uh, Facebook also, uh, same thing as Twitter. So we're back to a live format, as you can tell. Let's go. (laughs) Last week, I was in Yellowstone, or last episode, I should say. Uh, So really bad connection out there. Definitely couldn't pull off the live format. But uh, I'm here at Zion now at kind of a uh, campsite slash resort type thing. So they uh, they got some Wi-Fi near the lobby. Are you at a KOA? No, we've been to a few KOAs, but um, this is like a... Like I'm sitting in front of me is like a mini golf course. They've got basketball courts and tennis courts. We didn't bring any equipment, so we can't use it really. But there's just kind of a section to this resort that's a tent campsite. So that's where we are. But there's Wi-Fi at the lobby. So so is it right outside of the park? Yeah, it's uh, it's like a 40-minute drive, but it's a lot closer than uh, the 40 minutes makes it seem just because of the, uh, there's like a tunnel where only one way you can go at a time and uh just traffic getting into the park so it's pretty close sounds sounds good uh yeah really enjoyed your voicemail last week um and unfortunately we didn't get any guests either so yeah do we uh want to explain why we didn't get any guests <laughs> no we don't but <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll find that out later very we're very lucky to have <laughs> to have <laughs> will and neil joining us uh for the second half of today's episode so yeah Maybe we'll figure out the real reason that we didn't have guests. Maybe we won't, but <laughs> I have to say I have not had too exciting of a week um, here in the mountains. I got I got a couple of things, but I'm excited to hear what you've been up to for the last week because you've, you've had some time on the road. So yeah, let's, let's hear it. So uh, I said last time that I was going to end with us going towards Yellowstone. That's, so that's where I'm going to pick up here. Uh, and we're recording this on the 22nd of September on a Wednesday, and I'll be starting on the uh, 16th. Started going to Yellowstone, made a few stops on the way to the park, but overall not important. And we get into the park, uh, and the the park's huge. You've been there, right? Yeah, very big. Yeah, so it it literally takes you like two, two and a half hours to get from one side to the other. But we were coming in the, whatever entrance we came into, was uh, pretty close to Old Faithful and uh, the Hot Spring area and uh, Grand Prismic Spring. So that's what we did first. The Hot Springs are really cool, It's, but it's a really weird landscape. It's uh, Most of Yellowstone is just pine trees, really thick forests, and uh, some uh, kind of prairie lands that opens up, especially around streams. Uh, There's a really big lake, Yellowstone Lake, in the middle. And a lot of the thermal features are kind of in the center of the park because of the uh, super volcano under Yellowstone that kind of powers the whole thing. So we were in that area, and uh, we kind of stopped at the hot spring pools first. Uh, And you can kind of picture, so you're surrounded by all these trees, but then it kind of goes into this barren wasteland almost, and it's just this white, we assume it's... uh, from like the smoke or steam or whatever it is that comes up from the uh, spring pools and kind of just coats the ground over time. It's not exactly ash, 
And uh, it almost always smells of sulfur if you're anywhere near any of the thermal uh, sites in the park. Uh, and I want to say there's probably like 15 different pools in this area. Uh, I think it was the upper upper basin. Yeah, upper basin. They had the one of the deepest pools in the park, which was actually really dark because it's cooling down. And uh, all the other springs, which kind of look like small ponds with these, with uh, a lot of steam and smoke coming out of it, are like a uh, Caribbean kind of turquoise, very clear color. And uh, I believe someone had a, a laser temperature gauge and it, uh, it marked them at like 160 degrees. So definitely not swimming temperature like yeah. those Caribbean waters. Uh, but after that, we headed up to Old Faithful and it's really developed in this area. So the massive parking lot, because obviously massive crowd and we get in massive visitor center, super tall trees that kind of just make a wall between you and the geysers. And as we're pulling in, I'm like talking to Alice on the phone or something, but I see kind of the same steam that was coming off of the hot springs just kind of float above the trees. I'm like, oh, it's probably just, you know, from the geysers or whatever. And we get in and Old Old Faithful uh, erupts every 90 minutes. And we look at the prediction and it's at like 88 minutes, which means that the steam that I saw as we were pulling into the parking lot was Old Faithful erupting. So we literally missed it by probably about three or four minutes, which was kind of annoying. But uh, we just walked around that geyser basin, got a pretty good view of it. We weren't super up close because we we wanted to avoid uh, the big crowd there. Pretty good view. Kind of got soaked by it a bit just because of where the wind was going. But pretty cool. Uh, I want to say it was probably shot up probably about 100 feet when we saw it. Definitely could smell the sulfur, all the mist that was coming off of it. Uh, more sulfur. Uh, it probably went for about 90 seconds. So uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I remember it being pretty cool. Yeah, you went to all of these uh, places that I've mentioned so far, yeah? Yeah, but not Zion, but we'll get there. All right. So then we went to a Grand Prismic Spring, which is kind of like those other spring pools I was mentioning, but at a much larger scale, probably like a large pond to small lake type size instead of a small pond size at most for most of the springs that we've seen so far. Uh, and Grand Prix makes really known for its uh, really vibrant colors uh, all around the edges of most of the um, springs and the geyser runoff. It's like this kind of yellow goldenrod color, and it's all uh, bacteria, if I remember correctly, that makes these colors. And uh, Grand Prix is really known for the yellow ring that goes around it and then the blue uh, kind of made from the watercolor similar to the other. Uh, spring when you're right up close with all the steam that's coming off of it which is pretty insane uh you can barely even see the colors you really have to get a bird's eye view kind of satellite view to see it but uh it's pretty cool to stand on the boardwalk that goes right on the side of it and just kind of get pummeled by the steam it's a cool kind of effect that you don't really get anywhere else it's pretty cool i'd say it's like the the bacteria that can survive in extreme conditions yeah extremophiles or something that's correct extremophiles the uneducated opinion (laughs) so that was kind of the big thing of that day we uh went we were camping in yellowstone so we just went there and uh i recorded the episode that night and we fell asleep in 25 degree weather which we were not prepared for at all but we made it through pretty unscathed uh woke up with some cold noses but 
So was that in the Yellowstone campground? Yeah, we were really, really lucky because uh, we didn't really start planning this until a month before we went, which is not really something you can afford to do for most national parks. But uh, one night when my dad was looking at campsites, uh, someone had canceled their reservation, or they must have, because uh, a site opened up that wasn't open the night before, and uh, we snagged it. So we were able to camp in Yellowstone, which is actually kind of a unique experience because of the low supply and high demands that they have. Yeah, something very similar happened to us. Um, we were camping in Yellowstone, like it, someone canceled and we got in. But the first night ended with someone's baby fell into a fire and then a helicopter came and yeah. Oh shit. Did it <laughs> It was it was bad, but Did you hear anything? Yeah, the baby was okay. How does that happen? I don't know. Was it like a toddler walking around or was it like Yeah, a... no, no, no. It was like uh like a a crawler, I think. Oh, how do you I could understand if it's like a toddler like running around and trips and falls, but I feel like if they're crawling around, you should probably be able to keep up with them or you should with an open fire. Yeah, no. It was bad. It was it was bad and like um like when it happened it was the campsite right next to us so it was like my my dad who ran over it was and then like the rangers came and then a helicopter came and they went to like a hospital that i i forget where because it's a helicopter right away anyway everyone was safe it worked out (laughs) all right well like i said complete end of the temperature spectrum it was very good segue (laughs) baby in a fire Opposite of the temperature spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you could tell that uh, the baby was <laughs> extreme, ex- extremophobe, not an extremophile. That's getting kicked out of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we found out a few days later that our uh, sleeping bags <laughs> were uh, for 40 degree temperatures. So we shouldn't have really been sleeping in them, but... That's not that bad. It, yeah, it's not that bad of a discrepancy. Uh, but I was wearing long johns, sweatpants, double socks, uh, t-shirt, sweatshirt, heavy uh, jacket, uh, hood up, and a like winter hat. But we didn't have any gloves, so our hands were freezing cold all night. So kind of lucky not to lose any fingers. But, but uh, that was actually the coldest night. I mentioned 18 degrees. Uh, in that other episode, but uh, the guy who told us that ended up being quite wrong. So uh, didn't have to brave through that, at least. Sounds sounds like an adventure, though. Yeah, that's only one day. That's the first day, but that's probably the most packed day so far. Uh, so we uh, woke up and we drove to the town to the west of Yellowstone, which is named, of course, West Yellowstone. Uh, and that's actually where I sent you the video or my recording for last week's episode. It was quite the process. I had to airdrop it to myself and then get it to a Dropbox, a download Dropbox. It was the whole process, but it worked out. The whole process to the editor who spends seven hours an episode editing these. Oh, I had a Dropbox file for Uh, that. Oh, come on. No comment. (laughs) Um, So this day... This is probably the most interesting story yet, in my opinion. You had to airdrop the file to Dropbox. Yeah, dude, it was it was strenuous, it was strenuous, and I had to like email my uh, resume to someone. It was wow, what a morning! 
That's that's exciting. Okay, keep it going. Uh, so if you've been to Yellowstone, did you guys uh, visit Lamar Valley when you were there? Or do you at least remember anything about it? Not that I can recall. So uh, Lamar Valley is really well known for wildlife spottings, uh, especially there's a campsite right next to it where there's a uh, wolf den. So a lot of uh, photographer photographers will come out and take pictures of the wolves, of all the bison around, um, elk, uh, occasionally bears. We did see a black bear, I think, on this day to cross the road in front of us, which was pretty cool because I did not think we'd see a bear. Uh, and that's definitely the safest way to see one. So, Yeah, it's pretty cool. Do you see any like, bison or elk? Oh, yeah. So many bison, so many elk. Uh, actually, I forgot to mention this. It was elk mating season, so all night. Ooh, that hear, sounds like fun. Uh, male elk calls. We will get into uh, antelope mating season in a minute. Uh, very important for this story. So uh, we're gonna we decided we're gonna do a trail at Lamar Valley, and like I said, two hour drive to get across the park. So we head out kind of early, uh, get there, and this trail kind of goes along a river and ends. Uh, or it, it went past where we stopped, but our plan was to get to the end where you really get down to the river and uh, fish out there because we got some license, but uh, the water's way too low. Just massive droughts out here, and literally everywhere we've gone so far, except for the Narrows, uh, you can really see the effect. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, I'll mention that again in Salt Lake. That's also probably the next most interesting story. Um, so we drive in and you drive right along the river right before you start. And as we're driving in, we see one antelope right, uh, at the edge of the river, right on the bank. He's just kind of looking around, you know, as antelopes do, he crosses the river over kind of more towards on the side of the trail, but the trail is still probably about a hundred yards away from him. So we don't really think much of it. You see antelope all the time. You see bison all the time like big herds and you don't really worry about it too much. Uh, so we get on the trail and we kind of see the antelope again, more direct view, look at him through the binoculars. Once again, like a hundred yards away, they recommend staying like 25 yards away at a minimum. So we felt pretty safe and uh, the antelope notices us and it's antelope are kind of like uh, the size of deer uh, pronghorn antelope, this one but it only had one horn, so pretty distinctive. Uh, and he just kind of looks at us, and he slowly walks kind of in our general direction, and then he makes like a beeline towards us. And we're like, okay, he's getting kind of close, uh, kind of closing the gap a bit. So we keep walking down the trail. So is this just you two guys on a trail? Yeah. Uh, there were some people ahead and behind us, but they were too far away to where if anything happened, they wouldn't have really been able to help. So the uh, antelope starts following us on the trail, literally probably about 7 to 10 yards behind us, which oh, is almost no. more scary than it being right next to us because that's still charging distance. And uh, we learned later in the hike after mentioning it to some people that uh, it was their mating season, so the males are especially aggressive. Uh, and we're kind of freaking out because uh, although they're definitely prey animals, 
they're no joke. Like those horns will gore you and kill you in like the worst way possible. And we were just trying to avoid eye contact. We don't have anything to really defend ourselves with. So I just stick close to my dad. I grabbed the bear spray out of his bag and it's just like, you can hear every single breath you're taking. I've like never felt so close to death, which is just such a stupid thing to kind of say in retrospect because nothing happened. But like an- wild animals are really, you have no idea. And that thing was clearly pissed off and like right next to us. Yeah, it's like unpredictable. Yeah, and it probably follows, followed us for like 10 to 15 seconds, which when that's happening feels like a long ass time. But eventually he kind of just wanders off and we're like, all right, uh, still kind of pretty shaken up. Uh, we see some bison down the path, but we're not too worried about those. Eventually we see some more, like a herd of antelope, uh, probably about a mile and a half further down the trail and still kind of steer out of the way of them, but they don't really do anything. Um, and we're just kind of thinking like, all right, maybe we kind of overreacted a bit. Uh, maybe it really wasn't as bad as it seems. And so we get to the end of the trail and we turn back and it's probably three miles out, three miles back, uh, not a loop. So just same way there and back. Uh, and so we're coming back and probably with about a mile left. Uh, so still pretty sizable uh, amount from the start. Uh, compared to where we are at this point and about 100 yards away we see this couple and the guy is just like doing kind of airplane landing motions and like pointing behind us yeah and i kind of thought that oh maybe there's because there was a group kind of we saw walking up from off the trail behind us so i thought he was just trying to motion to them but he just keeps doing it so i like turn around and uh, lo and behold it's the one horned antelope he's back yeah so me and my dad are just thinking like oh maybe they just wanted to uh kind of tell us to look because oh look wildlife kind of do that at national parks uh point out wildlife to other people just so they can see it and uh we get up to them and we're like oh you know we had a run with that antelope earlier and they're like oh yeah we weren't like telling you just to look at it like it was uh to our right was kind of the start of a mountain so a big hill and to our left was just straight prairie land which is where uh, we saw him when we turned around and after the motion and they're like yeah he was on that hill and he saw you guys and uh he just he ran like straight at you oh my and we thought it was a wolf at first because of how like incredibly aggressive and direct it was and they're like we seriously thought he was gonna like attack you and he was just like following you for once again, like 10 to 15 seconds just on the trail. We were like, what the hell? Like, just like clearly it wasn't in our heads. Like this thing hated us. Or it's mating season. Or or we're just really, really hot to antelope. I don't know. <laughs> Those pheromones are, are... We got some curves that other antelopes don't have. That is true. Uh, <laughs> they'll probably be cut out. Uh, also true. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that was almost more scary because we had no idea. So if that thing really came at us, we wouldn't have been able to brace ourselves or didn't have the spray or any, like, we would have been totally destroyed and it would have been, like, straight out of our spine. So who knows? But uh, we made it out unscathed. That was definitely the biggest thing that day. I think we visited, yeah, we visited Mammoth Springs, uh, which almost looks like ice, but it's... um. I can't remember. It's something that they make tile out of, my dad would know. 
Uh, and actually there, there was an elk that got really, 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 really close to a bunch of people, like a really massive male elk with just massive antlers. But he really just was posing for uh, cameras. And he was literally like 10 yards away, like over the course of probably 20 minutes, he made his way just towards the boardwalk and sidewalk and just stood there kind of craned his neck around he lay down for a little bit and then he just kind of went away and there was a baby and a female right next to him so it's actually really surprising but it was pretty cool we got some cool pictures out of that yeah that sounds pretty cool uh i'm thinking that i'll probably i'll probably pick out some pictures and uh give a little caption and might post it on the website so who knows that would be great (laughs) speaking of website there are now three blog posts active whoa Um, and and maybe by the time uh, this episode comes out, Jack will have a little bit of a post of what he's been up to and some pictures to go along. So that sounds exciting. I got a, I got a big drive back, so I'd say pretty likely. Uh, I'll have to pick out some pictures. Uh, after that, we went to a Discovery Center the next day and saw some uh, rescued bears and birds of prey, otters, which are my favorite animal, and some wolves. Uh we did a little trail at the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone. Uh, then we headed out to uh, the Grand Tetons, which actually, have you been listening to U.S. news lately? Nope. So uh, there was this couple that were vacationing in Yellowstone, Grand Teton, Yosemite area. The woman went missing. Oh, no. And the guy came home with the truck and no lady. And uh, once they reported her missing, this was they went uh, almost a month today. Uh, the guy kind of just disappeared. And since they found her remains in Grand Teton National Park about a day after we left. So a uh, pretty big story just kind of right next to it, which is kind of crazy. But uh, Tetons was uh, unfortunately very rainy, so there's a lot of clouds kind of blocking the mountains. But we did get a uh, pretty cool hike around Jenny Lake, which is one of the smaller lakes in the area. Did you hike the mountain that's uh, like overlooks Jenny Lake? Um, yeah, I think so. We went up to like Inspiration Point or something. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. We I remember doing that. I remember swimming in Jenny Lake as well. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I wish we could have done that, but it was literally probably uh, mid-30s by the time we got up there so definitely way too cold for that absolutely freezing so super glad there was a ferry to get us back Uh, and it was like i said pouring rain we kind of just did that and uh left the next day uh and we headed to salt lake city oh actually let me go back real quick to tetons this is another place where the drought was really really apparent uh i'm guessing when you were there the uh big lake right in front of the mountains uh, would you describe it as like full? When we were there, yeah, I remember swimming in it. The water was like right up to the bank everywhere. Yeah, it was when we were there, not even close. It had to have been like half full. Oh wow, which is just crazy, especially in a national park. It's not like they can do anything about it really, but you kind of expect these places to be just pristine, like natural beauty any time of year. But like half of the uh, half the lake was just kind of a mud pit which was kind of disappointing, but also just really sad uh, to see the effects of climate change, much to the chagrin of uh, the guy that looks like Donald Trump who attempted to speak Spanish that he ran into uh, 
in last week's episode. Rick. <laughs> yeah, Rick. That's his name. Sorry, Rick. <laughs> Works for Boeing. Really? Yeah. I'm actually uh, not super surprised there. Massive uh, military contractor, Boeing. Uh, but we're not going to get into that on this episode. Uh, so we headed to Salt Lake City. I finally got into a hotel there, thank God. And uh, that morning, I called with Alice and I booked flights to Ireland. Let's go. So I will be going to Ireland October 19th through November 7th, which is quite a bit longer than uh, I was expecting. So listeners, get hype. Uh, I'm hyped. We're going 100% international, not just kind of pseudo international. And uh, I'm sure she'll be on the pod during those weeks. Or at least one week. So I, I would I would definitely hope that we get a live episode with with her and you while you're there. Yeah. So uh that's what I did for probably an hour and a half in the morning, just look around flights. And then uh after that we went to one of the public golf courses in Salt Lake City, which is golfing is not something that I do, but uh it's more of an interest of Tim. So he was very surprised to see pictures of me. I was the, the I green. was just on my phone trying to look up some Irish slang, but no luck. <laughs> I know I know a few things, but uh, I'm sure Alice will enlighten you gladly. I was very surprised to see you on a golf course. Yeah, uh, I kind of was too. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. Uh, it's just beautiful scenery with the mountains around uh, Salt Lake. And uh, it's just perfect weather. Uh, I kind of got, I don't want to say I got a hold of it towards the later uh, holes, but you know, I could hit the ball straight by the end. So, were you guys keeping track of score? Uh, my dad was keeping track of his. I don't remember what it was. Uh, I definitely wasn't. We were just kind of playing best ball, and probably about ninety percent of the time it was his. So, so it's just a team effort out there. Yeah, but mostly him. I like the sound of that. <laughs> so uh, after that, we went to the namesake of Salt Lake City, to the uh, Great Salt Lake, but. I uh, wouldn't really describe it as a lake anymore, considering it has statistically lost about 50% of its volume, and it's very possible that by the end of our lifetimes will no longer exist. Damn Mormons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kind of wonder how that's going to affect their faith, or if it will at all. But uh, it's kind of just a dry desert out there for, I want to say, like, almost... My dad said, like, 200 to 300 y- yards, but I feel like it was more than that. And it's just kind of the flat, super hard sand salt mixture that used to be at the bottom of the uh, lake. And you get out eventually after just way too long to be walking straight. And it's kind of barren waste now. And it's been so barren for so long that there are uh, shrubs starting to grow where the lake used to be. And it's just not pleasant at all. Yeah. Did you spend any time at mormon places or like any mormon like temples what the the word is but any mormon sites i guess we drove past the downtown temple area but it was all covered in scaffolding so didn't really get a great look at that you didn't go inside so not not really i don't even know if we could and uh, we were just kind of in a little bit of a rush to get to the golf place so uh, didn't really get to experience the uh, Mormon culture for better or for worse. For worse, it was it was weird, but it was really cool. Yeah, I, I do kind of wish I uh, got a taste of it. Uh, definitely saw some of the architecture, but 
uh, it would have, we were there on a Sunday, so it would have been cool to kind of see people come in and out of mass. The Mormons have a very important presence in our home area. Yeah, I know. Um, what's his name? John Smith, the guy who is like in charge of it. Yeah. Spent a lot of time in Rexford. Yeah, he uh, found the golden tablets or whatever that eventually led them to Salt Lake in upstate New York. So I was kind of thinking, like, if we ever get pulled over by some Mormon cop, we can be like, oh, we're just visiting the uh, visiting the uh, Holy Land or whatever from upstate New York. The uh... <laughs> We're from Rexford, by the way. Yeah, we're from Rexford. Uh, but I don't know. I was kind of disappointed with Salt Lake, not going to lie. Uh, it's kind of probably the first city we've been to, like major city, in a while where I'm like, wow, I definitely would not want to live here ever yeah um i i enjoyed my salt lake experience it was like a small city vibe stretched out way too far i thought it was i don't know when we were there our experience was we visited the mormons at their center and like learned about that and they like tried to convert us and it was pretty cool like we got their <laughs> book and then we went to like an in and out and then we went to a Real Salt Lake MLS game, which is something you could have done. That would have been cool. Yeah. And then we went to a really good Greek restaurant, and then we were out of there. So we were not there for too long, and I'm sure we probably covered all of the things that would have been considered fun to do. But I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something about the you could you could definitely see the wealth disparity that you're talking about. But even though statistically Utah has like the lowest wealth disparity in the entire country. Uh, so then we headed to Zion the next day, which is where I am now. And, uh, we didn't really do much yesterday. We just did a, uh, hike. It's awesome. The Emerald Pools hike, if anyone's been there. And it's exactly what it sounds like. There's three pools along, uh, I don't know how many mile loop, uh, not too far. They're of emerald color. And, uh, today we did the Narrows, which is, um, most of the hike is through, the Virgin River, which uh, at its deepest during the hike gets up probably about mid-thigh length. Uh, we went early enough to avoid the majority of the crowd, uh, but not too early to where it have been freezing cold because the water is definitely kind of cold, uh, Great Lake type temperatures. Um, and then we rode around on e-bikes on the uh, kind of site Oh, that sounds like fun. You can see all the yeah, that was definitely really fun. It was super cool to uh be going like 20, 25 miles an hour just up and down the canyon. And uh we saw a baby California California condor, which is a very rare bird that I know that they've uh imported to areas like Zion, a, a male and a female. And uh so it's a really big deal to have a baby condor, Californian condor. Uh, and it was learning to fly today, so really cool to see that. And uh, we just headed back, uh, and here we are now. Wow, that sounds like one exciting week, Jack. Thank you for the very expedited version of all that you've been up to. <laughs> sounds like a, a lot, a lot of editing for the team over there <laughs> in Puerto Rico. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I got some time to do it, so no problem. So anyway. <laughs> In the past week, what was the highlight point? As much as the antelope thing was crazy and really scary, like that's definitely a story that I'll be able to tell for a long time, even though uh, nothing really happened at the end of the day. Uh, it was definitely a kind of scary experience that I'll be able to tell my kids whenever we 
see an antelope or something. Whenever you're trying to flex. Yeah. Yeah, kid. You're almost, and I can like uh, exaggerate it. I won't allow them to listen to this podcast until they're older. So while they're kids, I can be like, yeah, charged at us like three times, missed us by like an inch. I got cut on my arm. <laughs> Jumped over it. Punched the shit out of it. And now it's, yeah, I, yeah, I just straight leaped it. <laughs> And then my other question was, uh, how has it been? It's just you and you and Coach Dan on the road. How's it been, you know, father-son <laughs> bonding? Have you guys gotten any fights? You know, let's hear the inside scoop. No, no fights. We are, uh, we are very similar-minded people, so we kind of both agree on when to, when we want to leave somewhere, what we want to do. Uh, so it's actually really, really easy. Uh, we just have like the same temperament same likes and dislikes generally uh both appreciate the parks a lot and nature and being able to take it all in so uh i mean but we also just kind of also have the same limits like when we want to slow down or take a break or go back to the site so it's been a pretty smooth sailing and considering we're kind of near the end of our parks trips it uh it'll probably stay that way yeah so I mean, I, I remember reading this article uh, a while back, but it was like, you'll spend 90% of the time with your parents by the time you turn 18. So, you know, mm. yeah. like there, you probably won't have another opportunity in your life where you spend a straight four weeks with your dad. No, definitely not. And uh, that's definitely one of the big things I'm trying to do over this gap year. Uh, although I do have Ireland planned and I hope to be able to visit Montreal for uh, like two or three days in between this and Ireland. Uh, after that, I'm kind of hoping to spend some time with my grandparents as well. Uh, kind of take this opportunity to spend time with uh, people that, although I hope they're here for uh, many, many, many more years, realistically, uh, in the grand scheme of things, don't have a ton of time left. So. The clock is winding down. Uh, quite, quite grim to say on air. But what do you uh, mean yeah. that? That was me trying to be not grim. I know I'm trying to sound not like none of my grandparents are like super sick or anything. It's just, you know. So anyway, in conclusion, you and Dan are having a good time together, having some good father son bonding. Oh yeah, definitely not the type of bonding that Jordan and his uh, trainer has been doing though. <laughs> that that's the perfect segue uh into my not as exciting week um so i'll just i'll i'll make it brief because jack has been talking for a little while here um so i arrived friday saturday had an orientation with upr Mayaguez students who have a department of energy grant and they're going to be studying the effects of microgrid solar in the town uh, especially hurricane resilience so i'm going to I met all the students there. I met the professor, and they're going to be coming in uh, the whole time I'm here. It's a three-year project, so uh, good to get acquainted with them. Next day, I went to, this is Sunday, to the Olympia Forest School that they have here, which is one of the four rainforests that the organization manages and did a tour. And interestingly, the tour that I did was with um, – like the entire art team of a HBO show that they're shooting in San Juan. Yep. So it was um, like the production designer and like that 
and the art designer and those kind of things. And they have like a construction crew of like, I think she said like up to 50 people working under them. So it's a very serious production that they're doing in San Juan. Uh, like the show takes place in 1980s Miami. And I was talking to the lady and then I like looked her up when I got back to the apartment and she like is Emmy nominated and like oh, wow. was a production, the assistant production designer on uh, the office. And she was the head production designer on like Gracie and Frankie. And I was like, damn, it's like, pretty accredited. Yep. And, <laughs> and the guy who was there, I uh, like, got his phone number and he was like, you know, with all the COVID rules, we probably won't be able to, let you like get a look on set but let me know if you're in san juan you want to grab a beer and i'm like i appreciate that i'll let you know if i'm in san juan and he definitely did not realize that you know i was not i don't know like 28 because it's funny nonetheless i don't know if you could uh pass for 28 can be honest well i shaved now and everyone's wearing a mask all the time so i had like this serious thickness of of facial hair like on my sideburns on my neck so when I had the mask on, it looked like. Can you see? Yeah, I see. Can I can see, see on the video. Doing? You're you're growing it out a little bit there. It's uh, not on purpose. I forgot my charger to my electric razor, so just got to deal with it. I didn't shave for three weeks, and and it was it was growing out a little bit. And I was, I mean, as you see, I was passing very often for someone way older than I am. But regardless, that was Sunday. That was pretty cool. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, not really too much happened. You know, people are coming in and out of here, talking to people, talking to the staff here. Um, the Arjuntas basketball team had like a team meeting here and I opened and closed the um, like cinema that we have here. That's where they conducted the meeting. They were here till like 10 at night. So I had to stay up and close everything. And then tomorrow I'm waking up at 4 a.m. to roast. Um, we're going to make 40 like moving box size things of coffee oh, wow. um, tomorrow morning. So that's my plan tomorrow. So got to wake up early, roast some coffee, grind it, put it in, in uh, bottles. And that's my plan. And then the only other thing is the main thing that I'm here for is the uh, 10 houses that we're putting uh, systems on. Yeah. And since I've been here, we've been collecting info for people in the town. Um, we have an ad that was on Telemundo. We have a radio ad. Uh, people are spreading stuff on Facebook. And we made a database of all the houses um, of the people, all their, you know, info, medical need, symptoms. And right now we have 165 um, possible beneficiaries to which we have 10 systems to install. So it's definitely going to be a process narrowing that list down to highest priority and actual physical feasibility. So um, that's really the only thing I got on the schedule upcoming. Um, wow. But things are going to pop up. There's a lot of people in and out, a lot of universities coming in. So I'll be able to stay busy and meet some interested people, do some cool things over here. Sounds very uh, productive, something that uh, people might want to, donate some money to i'd say oh yeah is there any place that people can go they can just venmo me so i can go buy myself some nice food you know and <laughs> the donation will be to my heart for just one dollar a day you can feed yeah well the panderia across the street 
um, like a bakery. I got breakfast today and I got like a 16 ounce Coke and two, like imagine a subway, like foot long of like toast. It was like, they like bake the bread fresh there and put butter on it and like put in like a panini press kind of thing. It's amazing. And it costs like $2 and 12 cents today. So for $2 and 12. So I have a few questions for you as well. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. So, uh, Unbeknownst to the listeners, uh, unfortunately, we wasted a little bit of content through some text while I was uh, golfing, but uh, just trying to get this on air. You mentioned being uh, very bored and lonely uh, since you've been up in the mountains uh, and you've kind of left the friends that you had uh, earlier in your journey. So is there any anything you really want to speak on that uh, since last episode or any developments in that or just kind of how you've been feeling. Yeah, well, from uh, my time in San Juan, I was able to meet, you know, a decent amount of people, was hanging out with people daily. So it was good to finally, after spending like five days there, just kind of solo, I started to meet people. And I'm kind of in the same boat here where I have not met really too many people. Luckily, I mean, stuff's going on under the apartment at the organization from like six in the morning to like three or four. But in most cases uh the building closes at three or four and after that the schedule's kind of free so like today it was closed sharp at three so i went did my laundry went and got tacos and then came back and you know all i really do in my long nights now are binge tv and you know watch youtube i did some writing for the blog and some other projects going on so it's definitely interesting having basically from 4 p.m till the till i go to bed free with nothing on the schedule with no transportation and really no one to hang out with so i'm feeling good but it's definitely an interesting situation to find myself in yeah especially uh it sounds like you got quite a bit of space to yourself in that apartment so yeah no it's a super nice place yeah i'm sure you'll find people and you'll be able to uh fill up that space with some friends i i think i think so too i think we'll take some time i mean same thing as when i was in san juan like a couple days to adjust to feel comfortable where i really like will go out in town go to restaurants and like right now i have my couple places that i've been going and you know i've met a decent amount of people uh like store owners and stuff but i think after as i continue to adjust i'll feel more confident in like walking down to go play pickup basketball or really put myself out there a little bit more yeah and uh just the other thing i wanted to ask was uh you're done with the uh language classes right yes i am so uh how have you noticed any improvement since you've been there um i think that what i need to be doing is like some active learning i mean obviously when i'm talking to people throughout the day i'm like struggling through conversation um but a lot of it is I'm just struggling and not really picking up on too much. So I think I really need to develop a habit of like teaching myself using resources, you know, from books and online and also having all my struggling through conversations throughout the day, because I do feel like when I'm struggling, I'm not really learning too much Uh, in comparison to when I was in the school, I would be learning and then struggling. And then I would be able to, actually learn those things and put them into action so i think i need to really commit to a schedule of you know 
learning some vocab uh because that's really the biggest thing right now is i just lack the vocab i think yeah and uh do people there like are their accents kind of similar to what the teachers would uh speak like when we were taking high school spanish classes or has that also been kind of an adjustment yeah compared to our uh like spanish teachers at home the accent here is just incredibly different um everyone talks way faster there's more of like a rhythm where it almost sounds like people are like singing when they're talking. It's like pronouncing vowels and like voice getting quieter and slower, very fast. And then basically every word shortened and every, every R turns into an L. The ends of words are chopped off. Beginning of some words are changed. Uh, when I was in the school in San Juan, the guy would obviously adjust his accent to be more neutral but like there's one staff member here who doesn't speak any english and has a very strong accent and like i have to consciously think like okay the l changes to r finish the word understand what he's saying and then actually try to translate it in my head so like it takes it's it's a struggle big struggle what percent of your staff is uh bilingual would you say so there's always one like manager of the house on that's working that is bilingual but spanish is their native language so they're basically always talking in spanish but like if it's something important or something to clarify then we'll speak in english but most of my day is struggling through spanish well uh i imagine it won't be as big of a struggle uh towards like uh march is when you guys are installing those panels yeah yeah february and march i think yeah i'll get more comfortable even in like three days I've been here, I'm starting to pick up a little more what some of the people who don't speak any English are saying. Um, but it's definitely way more difficult than any people speaking Spanish that I've listened to before is like actual casual native speakers who aren't making an effort to be more understandable. So I think that is everything for this week. The uh, week off kind of of not having a live show last week uh definitely gave us a lot of content a lot of stuff to talk about i think both of us were excited to get back in a call under a more traditional format so i think this is shaping up to be a good yeah. episode so far so here's the outro that we forgot to record um so because this first part was so long we put the second interview part into another segment which is already out um so thank you everyone for listening. We have some new blog posts on the website abodemedia.org and uh, hope to see you guys next Saturday. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Hello. It's me. I've been wondering if I...